the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Man, oh man, how far Chicago has fallen. I remember when you had gangsters, baby. Frank Capone, Ralph Capone, Al Capone, Bugsy Moran, Babyface Nelson. Men! All dolled up, all masculine. Now who are your gangsters? Some Irish yard gnome named Madigan. And then a pretend transgender gangster called Lori Lightfoot. Now to a developing story involving Mayor Lori Lightfoot and obscene language used during a heated meeting with Park District lawyers over a statue of Christopher Columbus. It involved the one the city removed in a Regal Park in 2020. According to the Tribune, a lawsuit by former Chicago Park District Deputy General Counsel George Smyrniotis uh, says the park superintendent and its top lawyer wanted a quick settlement with Italian-American groups upset about the removal. But the suit claims Lightfoot was irate about a tentative deal to let the groups use that statue in a parade. Lightfoot apparently mocked the lawyers, asking, did you even go to law school? Do you even have a law license? The suit says the mayor called the lawyers vulgar names before another profanity-laced sentence, saying, quote, my blank is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest blank in Chicago. Oh, wait a minute. Now, now, now money. when she says blank, does she mean her Schwansteiger? Because I, I don't know, she's around the wrong Italians. I'm only half Italian. I'll go $10 an inch with, for her, and we'll eat all next week for free. What do you say, Lori? Because you obviously. not afraid of his penis. I mean, it's preposterous. It's preposterous. This is the city of Chicago. How proud. No wonder it's such a ghetto, such a sewer. Look at who you people elect, you moron Democrats. I love it. I absolutely love when they reveal themselves for what they are. By the way, by the look on your scarecrow wife's face, Lori. You don't have much of a Schwansteiger at all. i never seen a wife that unhappy. But then again, I'm from an Italian neighborhood. They don't walk around like that. They walk around on clouds, smiling. And then there was the other story of the yard gnome gangster. Almost as ridiculous looking as Lori Lightfoot. Former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan has been indicted on federal racketeering charges. Glenn Marshall's in the newsroom with a look at the charges. Good this morning, Glenn. Great. Hey, good morning, guys. Now, federal prosecutors are calling Madigan the leader of the group involved in the criminal conduct. They're calling it the Madigan. No, no, he's not the leader of the group. He's the architect of the Chicago Democrat Mafia, beyond the shadow of a doubt. Now, I didn't read all, all 109 pages. You know, I don't have that much of an attention span, but I do know what it, what it is. Did they mention his son? He's got a son that's a lobbyist. Did they mention him? Did they mention Dick Durbin's wife? Did they mention Dick Durbin? Did they, they had to have mentioned our fat slob governor, right? Because that's the only reason you know his name is he's another couple in the Democrat mafia of Illinois. Enterprise, here's a breakdown of what we know so far. 
Federal prosecutors have charged former Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan with 22 counts of engaging in illegal activities. Those would include soliciting and receiving bribes and unlawful personal financial advantages given by people or parties who are doing business with the state and city of Chicago. You may remember Madigan resigned last year after serving the state as the longest Speaker of the House. His resignation came when corruption rumors began to rise with his connection to utility giant ComEd. What's ComEd's penalty? Because they had a penalty, and then Mike Madigan's hand puppet, who beats his wife up, another man, another man's man, another pretend gangster. What's his name? Uh, Welch, Chris Welch. He orchestrated a rate increase so that ComEd could pay their phony fine. And who do they pay their fine to? Who, who exactly reaps the benefits? Well, let's turn into the news today because they had a, a night to digest it. Now the propagandists are going to spin it for you. And reaction to Madigan's indictment has been swift with harsh words coming from Democratic and Republican lawmakers. WGN's Alyssa Donovan live from Madigan's southwest side neighborhood with more. Alyssa? Good evening, Ray and Micah. Yes, some calling uh, the alleged conduct in the indictment deplorable and a violation of the public's trust. We've been waiting outside. Now, these are all the same scum Democrats that have been dancing to this tune for half a century. And I'm being kind. Every one of these Democrats they interview got the job because they kissed the ring. Or maybe it was Lori Lightfoot Schwansteiger. Madigan's house today to see if he would come out and speak to the media. But he does have a history of being less than forthcoming with the press. So it's no surprise. Yeah, well, well, why not? He was the Speaker of the House for 30 years. Less than forthcoming to the press. I love this talking mannequin. Surprise that he stayed quiet tonight, save for a short statement declaring his innocence that was written. Besides that, many lawmakers and political leaders speaking out tonight, both past and present, not holding back. It's why Illinois is one of the most corrupt states. Oh, is that Rod? Rod Blagojevich, who the only reason you know his name is because he married the daughter of a mafia capo? Rod's the good guy. You're a Democrat. Rod's the good guy, huh? Rod's the good guy. You have to be a real moron. But you'll keep voting Democrat, won't you, sewer of Chicago? You want in on this scam. Let's listen to the victim, Rod. In America. And for four decades, Mike Madigan has presided over that corrupt system in Springfield. He's benefited politically. He's gotten wealthy. His family's gotten wealthy. Former governor. Sounds like your father-in-law. Sounds like you up until you got caught. You got a little cocky. Thought you could go against Obama. How'd that work out for you, huh? Now you're the victim. You're the good guy. You're the Trumplican. There's another product of the very sewer calling all the other people rats when this is a rat, too. Rod Blagojevich weighing in on the indictment against Madigan. The two well known for their contentious working relationship. Yeah. Facing off for years. Who gets to shake down the contributors more? That's their big beef. Which one gets a bigger piece of the corrupt pie? That's the argument. And this reporter should have been reporting on that like her predecessors for the last 40 years. Instead, they made you acclimated to this climate. Years over legislation and budgets. Just about everybody down there in Springfield, Madigan and his minions, they all got rich. And the people of Illinois get that. What does Rod's wife do? How did she get rich selling insurance after she worked for Tony Resco? What do you, how did they get rich, Rod, you scumbag? And that's why they're so angry and they're so distrustful of government. We all welcome our governor, J.B. Pritzker. Boy, oh boy. I can't wait to see how many times he's my... Or maybe he's not. I mean, after all, 
79 years old. Been practicing this mafia gangster politics since he was 30. That's quite a feat. And if you think this low-life yard gnome rat is going to spend one day in the Huskow, you're as delusional as the average Democrat voter. This is the greatest example of La Cosa Nostra. American Democrat style. Governor Pritzker quick to distance himself from Madigan since his first year in office. When asked about the indictment today, he said the corruption in government needs to be rooted out. Well, then turn yourself in, fatso. Whatever it is, in whatever level of office in the state of Illinois, if you're committing acts of corruption, you've got to go. Mayor Lightfoot also went. Anybody want to look into the tax policies? Not on the House. We all know about the House. And how he swallowed those toilets with his big keister. I'm more interested in the hotels. Oh, but I am. I want to examine all the history. And I'd also like to examine the loans. And where you got the money. Let's go back to your grandfather, Abe. Because there, those are some real gangsters. Well dressed with the fedoras that financed him. Oh, yeah. ...in on the case against Madigan and the work that went into reaching a point of formal charges. You know, I have a great deal of respect for my former colleagues um, at the U.S. Attorney's Office. As you know, John Lausch and I were colleagues at the... And there is a red flag. Red flag. Because they're colleagues. They know each other. And she worked in the office that is supposed to be in charge of this. And yet here she is. A real gangster. Somebody who has really shaped Illinois politics for 40 years. You better have a tight case. Because if you're going to take this shot, you're not going to want to miss. That's a warning. That's some real gangster stuff. Her Schwansteiger is not quite as big as mine, but she's got one apparently. Same time in the office. This is something that would also have been approved um, by Maine Justice. So this would have gone uh, to DOJ for approval. But I would imagine that this case has lots of layers of evidence that got us to this point. WGN political analyst Paul Lisnick pointing out. Now here's, the, here's Paul Lisnick. Paul Lisnick, Niz, Paul Lisnick normally does his reviews of Chicago politics from a Cook County commissioner's chair in his own personal home office. Paul Lisnick is one of the reporters, propagandists, who's been running cover for this mafia, like so many of his former predecessors and the media today. Everybody knows he's nothing but a gangster. And you sit there because you just want in on the scam. And by the way, what's going to happen to all the people that bribed them? You know, 66% of those commercial real estate holders, all those big businessmen. What happens? They just bribe them and they get it to go free? One giant scam. Gangster government, Chicago style. That those layers of evidence will not include emails or texts from Madigan, and the case will likely heavily rely on the testimonies of others. Oh, a lot of guys going to die. <whistles> a lot of suicides coming up. Like that time the guy committed suicide right after we lost the Olympics. You know, the guy with the $3,000 in his wallet, he had the convertible Cadillac, the gun was in his wrong hand. You know that guy. Gangster. Because Madigan has no cell phone, as we know, and he doesn't do email. So everything they've had to build has, going to, is, has to be through the words, the acts, the testimony of other people. We know there's the tapes of uh, former Alderman Danny Solis, so all, uh, Madigan is on those tapes, apparently. But, um, but it's not going to be directly from him in that direct way that I mentioned. The Illinois Democratic Party released a statement about the indictment tonight, uh, reminding us that Madigan did step down from his chair position. There is no Illinois Democrat Party. That's called the Republicans. 
There's just a mafia wing that they're referring to as the Illinois Democrat Party. And all of a sudden, they didn't know anything. All of them got their jobs from this gnome gangster. And you're used to it now. You're used to it now. So there's a couple people who say, oh, isn't this great? This isn't great at all. He got away with it. He's 79 years old. Your taxes have already been increased to you don't even know how much. You can't quantify the damage, the death, the mayhem. can't quantify it. All you can do is run from the ghetto. And that's what good people do. Rest of the roaches stay there and pretend this is normal. This isn't normal. This is not how cities, Democrat Party, states, it's not how it's supposed to be run. But what this is, is the schematic for the National Democrat Mafia. Because now the next biggest criminal to get away with it is sitting in the Oval Office. 312-642-5600. We'll be back after this. AM560, the answer. You know, as you think about this, the quality of life in Chicago, where street gangs, drug dealers, control the quality of life and have destroyed it. You think of some of the neighborhoods that are hit the hardest. And yet here is the scum leadership in the mafia party. If they're all so tough, why don't they do anything about it? Or, or, is it what I think? Because I think they're running cover for it because they're in on it. You hear how they act, how they talk, the kind of money they steal? You think they care about the ghettos around Chicago? They could give a rip. They like this opportunity to shake down billions of dollars. Billions of dollars. By the way, Bunny was doing a little research. You know the brown line, that $320 million where they changed the yell? Yeah, they already have, they already have concrete falling off of it so why don't we get the mayor with their big schlong to call up and hey Vito, get back out and fix the concrete you morons so sick of these idiots i really am tony in inglewood florida she does have she does have the biggest schlong only it oh, says neoprene on the side oh. neoprene then explain listen. the look on her wife's face tony you gotta follow the dots yeah, there's no schlong it's all talk thank you tony inglewood california very borderline. Kathy, Joliet. Oh, I'm dying laughing. I don't know what I'm laughing at anymore. It's all so funny. It's yes. not funny. You're right. 100% right. Yeah. But one thing I have to say, this morning on your uh, colleague's show at 5 o'clock in the morning, a caller called in and said he was a busboy at Palermo's over on uh, 95th Street. That was one of uh, Lawn Boy's uh, early uh, haunts as an early politician. And, and this guy as a busboy got in trouble for spilling salad dressing on Madigan's wife's coat. And it was right when Madigan started his career as a politician. And yeah. so your colleague yeah. said, my question is, how does his first year politician's wife get a mink? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, they're, they're an honest so, law firm. They're an honest law firm. Well, they, uh, they help people yeah. you know, who, who want to get their taxes lowered. They're not in the bribe pay-to-play business at all. Right. No. Right. And he lives in that house on the it? south side. No, he lives there all the yeah, time, seven days a week. He doesn't yeah, live in some big mansion not, in not Michigan. It's not like no. three acres. Isn't it on like three acres over in, in uh, uh, where he lives over there by the airport? I mean, the house is ridiculously huge. Who, no Madigan's? different than any other Chicago. Yeah. I thought he just lived in the... You mean he doesn't live in the ward where he controls... You mean to tell me you yes. think he's got a castle yes. in Ireland? He's got one by the stray dog where all those want to be gangster Irish drunks drink in Michigan? You're telling me he doesn't own, he doesn't live in that little house in his no. district? Kathy, you're a yes, pessimist. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, no. Kathy. No, Very, pessimistic. Very pessimistic. Very pessimistic. Mike, 
Michael on the South. Sean, thank you for taking my call. Uh, it's all well and good to uh, indict Madigan, but I think a whole lot of people here in Illinois need to be called out, especially after all, especially the so-called progressives who uh, enabled Madigan and went along with him as long as they got their own uh, special rights legislation passed, as long as they got their own uh, piece well, of Well, that's cheddar. the systemic so, part in the corruption, Michael. This has been going on for four decades. Four decades hardcore. And by the way, the Republicans are in on it. You know, I couldn't help but notice they had Pat Brady on. Pat Brady, who's cozied up with these scumbag Democrats for, what, 30 years? Oh, but he's a political consultant. No, he's not. He's an enabler of the mafia Democrats. That's what the Illinois Republicans really are. And that's why they're going to protect themselves. That's why they came in with all the money behind the scumbag Irving. It's exactly why. See, this is, they've outflanked us, brother. They've outflanked us, and it is now where the, the gangster has the clout. You know that. You've heard that word all your life, clout. What did they mean? Did they mean clout with organized crime or organized crime that was elected in the Democrat mafia? That's what they really meant, wasn't it, Michael? Absolutely. Absolutely right. So this is your fellow citizens' willingness to go along with it. It's like every town in Sicily. They, w- they willingly go along with it. Thank you, Michael. It's despicable and disgusting, but it does come with some laughs. Saying, quote, my blank is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest blank in Chicago. I don't know, man. I, I can't speak for a lot of other Italians, but I'll, I'll, I'll gladly have a contest with her. Um, but it does fit right into the, to the theme of things, doesn't it? I mean, this is what you're really used to. And what I like is when you have an example to see it on the national stage, because this business model... This is how you can explain how the Ukrainian oil company paid off Hunter Biden as a director. Did anybody ask Hunter Biden what he thinks the solution is for our natural gas problems here in in, in America? Because, you know, they've skyrocketed. I mean, he's obviously a genius. The Bank of China pays him a billion five to invest for him. Has anyone asked him, Hunter, what do you think we should do to control the the 30 percent increase in wheat today? What do you think we should do to control the 30% increase in fertilizer today? What do you think, Hunter? You're obviously a genius. No, 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 he's not. He's a Madigan Mafia apprentice, and that's how they learned it. They perfected it right in that sewer city that was once great and now is a shambles. And it still has the support of many who want in on the scam. 312-642-5600. I'll be back. AM560, The Answer. What is this? Oh, the untouchables. Gangsters. That's when the gangsters really were men. With actual Schwansteigers, as opposed to the fake gangsters. Quote, my blank is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest blank in Chicago. I, I, I say you don't. How do we solve this? I wish one of the lawyers would have just got up and either punched her in the face or proved her wrong. I mean, how do you just sit there and take that? You're going to take that from this freak? In your man vest, you're not a man, honey. And I could prove it to you 50 different ways. You're nothing but a joke and a clown. And in any other city, your gangster government would be laughed at except Washington, D.C. And New York. And New Jersey. And California. And anywhere else they're used to voting for gangster Democrat scum such as yourself. You're lucky you're in that sewer where they have no standards. Where they're used to getting shaken down. By freaks in nature pretending to be gangsters and men such as yourself. John Orland Park. 
Hey, Sean, um, for those that were questioning, he still lives in the same corner colonial house in West Lawn that he's lived in since I was in high school. It's yeah. a nice house. No reporter's ever supposed to take a picture of the house. His little state rep office is, well, it's still there, but he's not rep, is on Pulaski, blocks from his office, or in his home, and the ward office connects to it. You know, he's given the Southwest side so many corrupt things, the zoning certificate, um, and, and the home equity John, John, can I ask a question? And I'm dead serious. And I grew up in one, you know, I grew up in a rough town. And my cousin and I opened the social club, and some guy came in there. He was, thought he was going to shake us down. He left with a stutter and a couple less teeth. <laughs> why, why, why did nobody in your neighborhood ever grab him by his little collar and say, who do you think you are, you piece of garbage? Why did they just go along but with it? People thought he was like the alderman. They would call his office for a garbage can. If you got a letter from the alderman or you got – I got my Illinois State scholarship, I don't know, was it 35 years ago, and it, it says it's coming from him. Everything in that ward and his state rep always had his name on it. Everyone thought he was in charge. These people don't even know who their alderman is over there, and he was never the alderman. John, it's that, so, it's that, it's that, it's that aura of gangster power. And there's a scumbag yep. that I, I always knew he was a scumbag. He owns a restaurant in Burr Ridge. He thinks he's a tough guy. He's another piece of garbage. He, he would go in his restaurant, and he'd tell him, Oh, Mr. Speaker, let me get you a table. He's a, he's a clown. A joke. And I hate that mafia wannabe stuff. The guy should, should have been laughed at and spit on by a society that ran on virtue and morals. They wouldn't tolerate this. Instead, they cozy up to it. And in there lies our problem, John. Does it not? Yep. And like when people said even earlier, uh, when that guy was the busboy at Palermo's, I don't know if he's ever stopped, but he still holds uh, uh, like weekly meetings there. Yeah. He gets his big table, and you come in there, and no matter what you want to do, you had to meet him at Palermo's or somewhere else, like basically kiss the ring yeah. to do whatever your project was. Now, is that it the matter with the sugar in it? What the hell is going on with that? <laughs> yeah, it's real sweet pizza. Oh, that's and, terrible, uh, Which is run by the Stickney Township um, people, which are same age as him. They're all Italian. Viverito and all them. Same people have been running that area for mm, 35, yeah. 40 years. So. I'll tell you what. In my neighborhood, he wouldn't have lasted 15 minutes. Of course, I'm sure there's some collusion between the Democrats and him. But it's a shame. Because at least when I was a kid, they, they were wise guys, but they were at least men. And they at least earned it, deserved it. And then they got their teeth kicked in by somebody who didn't want to be a slave. See, and that's where I come in. I'm a terrible slave. Thank you, John, for the call. I appreciate it. Mike Hammond. Hey, Sean. Thanks for taking my call. I haven't talked to you in a while. Uh, you know, finally, Illinois going after Matt again. They had the Cuomo brothers in, in New York that are, are being canned out of there. At what point is enough enough in, in, in Washington, and they go after the Bidens? What, how bad does the country Mike, I'd like to tell they, you that there's a hero in this story, Mike, but you're talking trillions. You're not talking small money. You know, this is the thing. I was listening to, uh, to John talk. You're talking I mean, for a garbage can? So for a garbage can, you sell your dignity? For a garbage can, you accept that gangsterism? I mean, if you're going to be a whore, at least be a high-class one. For a garbage can? You let this piece of dung destroy a city and a state? That goes to show you the mentality, the intellect of the Chicagoan, who is a moron by fact. Now, the guys who are in on the scam, that I get. You just paid $320 million to move an L-track, and it's falling apart. The guy who did that job, that's the real gangster. Not sure he had to kick back 30% to these scum. But that's the gangster. The rest of the pigeons who walk around and vote for it, who live in the ghettos, 
where the where the where the gangbangers control them, where they're protected, where the shoplifters reign and the carjackers and the scum of the earth. They're just victims. And now instead of rejecting it, it seems to be that the attention is they want in on it. So when you talk about national Democrats, you're talking trillions and trillions of dollars. They're stealing like you can't believe, which is why when you have this example of absolute and total corruption, has anyone called a hit on Vladimir Putin's multi-billion dollar houses? He owns, I don't know how many houses, each one, magnificent display. Did you blow up one of them? No, because you've, you've said psychologically, we're willing to sacrifice, like the city of Chicago, we're willing to sacrifice the commoners just so the royalty wreaks the benefits. I mean, that's the only way you could you could justify answers such as this. Thanks, John. Um, on gas, you, you just said that, you know, less supply raises prices. It's not in our strategic interest to reduce the supply. Yeah. We also know, you know, the president as recently as yesterday talked about increasing domestic manufacturing to bring down prices on uh, inflated items like goods. So why not apply the same logic to energy and increase domestic production here? Now, I'll let Pippi Lystocking lie to you, but I'm going to tell you first. Because this is the golden goose. The energy golden goose. They cannot have a strong America in the energy sector. They cannot have companies who are not under the thumb of the mafia Democrats. So they're never going to let them produce here in this country. Well, you have a political whore who's worked their way up through the ranks and learned this Madigan-style gangsterism. It's over. You're never going to allow competition. You're only going to have four or five companies that all are used to getting shaken down, like ComEd, which is owned by Exelon. They're in the game. So they like the bribery game. After all, even when an indictment comes down, what's going to happen to them? Absolutely nothing. And they have a monopoly on the energy business. See, that's pay to play. They cannot risk companies not being shaken down by their political power. This is a gangster government. So she's going to dance around the answer. But keep in mind, we have the purest, best oil, natural gas, all of it. We could cripple every European tyrant overnight by flipping a switch, but they'll never do it. For the same reason an honest man can't open a business on the south side of Chicago. For the same reason, if you want a garbage can, you got to kiss Madigan's ass. For the same reason, this is the government has become a mafia. Well, there are 9,000 approved oil leases that the oil companies are not tapping into currently. So I would ask them that question. Because of an entity that uses its regulation in a mafia extortion fee called the EPA, which, by the way, was never created by Congress. It is an executive order, and the whole damn EPA is illegitimate. What do you think of that? But that's if we were honest and we had virtue and principles. We'd make Congress create these bureaucracies of patronage that's littered with all people who owe allegiance to the government mafia. See, you're not ready for honesty. You can't handle it. After all, look at Chicago. They don't want honesty. They just want in on the scam. They're a willing slave. How else could you explain a two-bit mayor dressed in the wrong gender's clothes? Quote, my blank is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest blank in Chicago. Yeah, and she's going to breeze to re-election. And look at, you see, nobody runs against her. Why? Because she's earned that spot. La Casa Nostra. 312-642-5600. AM560, the answer. <laughs>
What's fascinating to me is the ignorance of Americans to understand exactly how they're being restrained. The Democrat mafia does not have an actual policy that allows the American to thrive. Their entire agenda exists around surviving. And I, I find it shocking that more people aren't irritated with this, how they're talked down to. I understand that sometimes to, to focus on the crime and focus on a room full of Congress people who are all worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and I mean that when I speak of the Pelosi's. The rest, if you're newer, you're probably like Adam Kinzinger. He's probably only managed to accumulate a few million by now. After all, he's not too bright. But when you, when you get used to this and you wonder, well, how is it that they are able to shake down companies? It is because they are able to restrain them. And that's what I like when they give you that naked exposure. And then there, there, there's cover given to them by the media. But this is great. This is the 81-year-old Speaker of the House with those chicken hands she's got going on and that drunk stutter. And, and, and I'm not for uh, drilling on public lands. She's not for drilling on public lands. Well, why is there so much public land? Did anyone ever ask that? You know, it's funny. Our, our government is the largest tenant, the largest landlord. It's the lar largest creditor, the largest debt. Why is there so much public land? I mean, if they're, if, if they're obviously $30 trillion in, in debt, why don't they turn that over so companies could buy it and companies could take advantage of the natural resources of that land? Because it's the control they desire. We all know what the solution is. Everybody knows what the solution is. But yet you're hard-pressed to find media outlets to discuss it. We all know that just a year and a half ago, we didn't need any of this foreign nonsense. You remember when oil was around $35, $40 a barrel? It was just normal. And then there are those people who think oil is gas. Rather than recognizing what it is, it's everything. It's the common denominator of everything. And now they have a restrained control and an excuse to hide in their corruption. Because as these companies try to produce more, they have to pay more campaign contributions. This, this is why Mike Madigan laughs at us. This is why Lori Lightfoot can pretend she has a Schwansteiger. Because we've given her that power. We've absolutely turned over that power to her. And then we let their spokes, professional liars, come out and tell us how we don't stand a chance of thriving again for the next three years. Like, what should they be doing practically at this moment, considering the price of gas is going to affect them? Of course it is, as I've been saying. She means the commoners, you people, you slaves, whether willing or unwilling. And that's why we've been focused on it for weeks, if not months, uh, to ensure we are taking every step. The president is taking every step to reduce that impact. Did he cancel the politicians and their staff's gas cards? Because, you know, they all have them. They don't actually buy the gas. It's not just the politician you elected, their entire staff, none of them actually have to buy things like you do. So if you're doing everything you can, what do you say you cancel all political gas cards? What do you think? The release of the, his strategic petroleum reserve, uh, 30 million barrels that he announced just the other night. You use 20.5 million a day, stupid, with your phony red hair. Again, that process is just starting. It's a bit of a process to get that going, and that will hopefully have an impact in getting more supply out there. Uh, we, but we would say directly to consumers, the president is going to do everything we can to reduce the impact. Uh, to <laughs> just keep saying it. 
and you do nothing, the costs go up. And then your taxes, which is a percentage of the cost. See, when the price goes up, their taxes increase. That's the game. That's the game of control. All they have to do is keep you quiet about it and keep their moron constituents happy. So let's just give them more welfare cheese. Make sure that we are working with our partners around the world to address the volatility in the global oil markets, to consider a range of options that he can continue. That's to- funny. Your, your partners around the world. Now, it's funny. There's, there's something called the Security Council. Do you know about this? You know about this, Squirrel Hands? The Security Council. And it's all of the major countries around the world, and they all discuss security, and they all come up with plans, and they all buy their weapons from the same American companies. That's, that's the real funny part. It turns out we sell them to all the countries that we say are, their, are our enemies, even some countries, you know, that you wouldn't normally think are on the Security Council. President Zelensky has called on Russia to be stripped of its ability to vote in the U.N. Security Council. Uh, does the U.S. want Russia to be removed as a permanent member? Uh, we don't see that happening. Um, we certainly... Uh... But they're doing all they can. All that they can. This is their greatest gift to hide all of their political failure and all of their corruption. We'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. Man, oh man, imagine if your job was covering Congress and energy issues. You'd be busier than a mafia bagman in Mike Madigan's district. Well, that is Harris Alex's job, not the bagman, but covering Congress and energy issues. For the Washington Times, Harris, how are you? I'm good. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, Sean. Um, you know, I will plead the fifth. I do not know Mike Madigan. I've never met Mike Madigan. <laughs> um, you know, hopefully, I will not be called to testify. Yes, um, good. You know, any bags that were given to me by Mike Madigan's staff, you know, were between me and his staff. I have nothing to relate to anyone about that. There are about four elected officials that can say the same thing in this entire state. So, <laughs> look at you. Um, you're, you're a little busy though. You're a little busy. And I, I, I have to tell you, I've, I've been focusing on this for a while. I'm lucky in life. Uh, I have numerous friends from all over the world and I have a friend from this area, this region, and it's where the chaos is going on. And he's been saying for eight years, you know, he gave me the death count. We're up to 14,000 people killed in Ukraine and all of the scandal that's been going on yet. It's all, it, it obviously this has stepped up a tremendous amount. And here we are, we're going we're gonna to help the Ukrainian government, which is great. You know, I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. To me, they're oligarch-run corrupt sewers. Anybody that would hire Hunter Biden to do anything, you know, I don't have too much faith in. But we've got a lot of money floating around. We've got a lot of bills that just passed, right? I mean, we, we haven't used, what, half of the infrastructure boondoggle, you know, after the rescue plan and all that. I mean, in fact, they haven't gotten the money out yet. Why is Biden asking Congress for another $10 billion instead of just saying, hey, we don't have the money out in the infrastructure. We're going to divert $10 billion to the infrastructure of Ukraine. I mean, under our government's definition, this is a big job creator, all this nonsense. So why not just give it to them? Right, absolutely. Well, I think you're bringing up a question that a lot of Republicans have brought up in recent days. You know, there's all this money that hasn't been spent from coronavirus relief, from infrastructure, from, you know, the 6 or $7 trillion worth of spending that they've had since 2020. So 
why not move some of that money around? Um, and the simple issue is that just given the way the, uh, the budget process works, it's just easier to pass, you know, a new bill, print some more money to get the aid out as quickly. Um, something that's important to note is, you know, Biden wants $10 billion. Uh, most of this money, congressional Democrats are saying that essentially it's going to be backfilled because he's already sending aid and weapons um, and humanitarian assistance to Ukraine. So essentially the, the shipments are already going out. This bill is essentially just going to be enough to cover the costs of those uh, shipments and then also ensure that if anything else is needed in the future, it will be there. Uh, right now, he's requesting $10 billion. Last week, he requested about 6.4. So obviously, the escalation there uh, comes from the fact that Ukraine is very, very much fighting a uh, both a land and an air war with Russia over its territory. Um, uh, Russian airplanes are bombing uh, Ukrainian cities left and right. They're trying to take Kiev. Uh, right now, Vladimir Zelensky is calling on Russia, uh, is calling on the West to enforce a no-fly zone. President Biden obviously is not going that far, but he is pushing this military aid bill. Um, so it could be very, very interesting moving forward. Half this money, again, is going to be going to provide uh, security and humanitarian assistance, and the other half is going to go to putting troops inside NATO countries that are bordering Ukraine just in case if uh, President, uh, Russian President Putin decides to uh, enlarge the scope of this conflict and potentially uh, attack a Ukrainian and uh, potentially attack a NATO ally. Uh, at that point in time, obviously, we would have to um, get involved more so than we already are. So this is definitely a big thing. It's going to be dominating the country right now. Uh, funny enough, though, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer just left town, even though President Biden is requesting this emergency aid bill gets done immediately. Where would they go, shopping? Republican and Democrat. <laughs> they want to do some fundraisers, I think. That's, uh, oh. that, that's usually what they do on the, uh, on the weekend. But um, they're out of town. Congress is out of town right now. You know, so many lawmakers are saying that it's imperative that we stand up and we help Ukraine fight um, against so uh, against Russian tyranny. But Pelosi and Schumer cannot pass the bill. They're actually waiting until next week because they're going to want to uh, pull this bill together into a larger budget deal. And the only reason for that, from my understanding of it, is even though both Republicans and Democrats are very upset and they think we should do it now, uh, is because Pelosi and Schumer want to have leverage for this big budget deal, which is going to allow them to tinker with domestic revenues, federal revenues, uh, with other with other spending areas. So essentially, if you're president, you really can't um, leave your mark on the federal government apart from just regulation and stuff. If you can't pass a budget, Biden hasn't passed a budget yet. So Democrats are very much using the specter of this Ukraine issue to get Republicans on board to any sort of budget deal that's going to allow Biden to tinker with the uh, federal revenue system. You know, um, I got to tell you, Harris, I learned a valuable lesson one time when I was much younger in the crazy horse, and that is never get caught up in emotion. You tend to make bad decisions. Uh, I've been kind of aware of what's been going on in the Ukraine for 20, maybe 30 years. And I remember all of the nonsense that went on in the government and how the people were protesting as the, the other uh, um, president who looked like Wayne Newton, as he was bribing Paul Manafort. <laughs> I remember remember the people that were complaining about the corruption, and then you would look on the on the um, the corrupt nations around the world, and Ukraine was always at the top, always. And then I uh, we had the Obama years, and we had Hunter, connoisseur of crack cocaine, and obviously an energy expert, as he sat on the board of Burisma. <laughs> right. And then we had uh, Joe Biden brag about how he held a billion dollars in aid, so that they could fire the prosecutor who was looking into this, but that prosecutor was always looking, also looking into an oligarch, 
by the name of Igor Kolomoisky. Igor Kolomoisky is the big money guy behind this new president, who is a wonderful actor and uh, a very funny guy and now is the leader of Ukraine. Is there any pause to say, maybe we should think about what we're doing? I mean, after all, you, you, you saw all of the stories that came out about the, how, our, how media takes advantage of people's emotions and all this, which I think, look, it's terrible. And simultaneously with that, there hasn't been a kill order on our side from Vladimir Putin. In fact, they're not even going to kick him off the Security Council. They're not even going to stop the flow of oil. They're not going to really hurt Vladimir Putin. This seems like an oligarch war to me. And we've been leveraged to hurt the Russian oligarchs and protect the Ukrainians. Am I just too pessimistic or too aware? I mean, I think that's certainly something that, that people are talking about. Obviously, Ukraine is a very, very corrupt country. And, you know, as you said, I think most of these countries, you know, in uh, regions of the former Soviet Union are run by oligarchs. Um, I, I I will say, though, that um, from the view of everyone kind of both on, on the left and, and the right, the issue isn't necessarily, you know, whether or not the Ukrainian government is, uh, you know, righteous and 100% clear. The issue is, you know, whether or not the Ukrainian government is able to exist without, uh, you know, somewhat Russian oppression. And at the same time, too, you know, if most Americans felt like this was going to stop at Ukraine, you know, no one would would really care. But obviously, Putin has much, much stronger ambitions here. And then this is also sending a message to other belligerent nations across the world. I mean, if you're China, you're watching what's happening in Ukraine, uh, and you're beginning to think, well, you know, is the U.S. really going to protect Taiwan? Is it really going to protect any of these um, other islands in the South China Sea? You know, are they going to protect Japan? If, uh, you know, if, if, if something should come to fruition, things are developing, obviously, in Syria and Iran, where these nations are looking and saying, well, if the United States isn't really going to stand up and, you know, be a world power, and if Russia can go off and do this, well, why can't I invade another country? Why can't I decide to seize some territory for myself? Because eventually, if you do, eventually if the United States doesn't exercise its power um, and its ability to be a superpower in a way, other countries are going to rise up and try to take advantage of that. And look, you know, you, you might not, you know, you might not have any issues here for ten or fifteen years, but eventually, countries are going to start looking for weaknesses and they're going to start looking for ways to exacerbate that weakness and take advantage of it. And that sometimes that can even come to be on U.S. soil. I mean, we've seen with Russia and China hacking. Uh, U.S. energy companies and stealing data, you know, attempting to cripple our uh, our energy infrastructure. We've seen uh, China has often been, you know, in line with uh, helping flood the U.S. market with uh, cheap steel to kill American manufacturing jobs. It's also helped flood the market with cheap fentanyl, which has, you know, caused opioid deaths to skyrocket. So these countries who aren't necessarily our allies and view themselves as our equals or our competitors are looking at the situation and saying, well, you know, why wouldn't I want to take advantage of the situation and do something to benefit myself if Biden and the United States isn't going to do anything? So it doesn't necessarily, I think, just, you know, fall along those clear lines. I think you're absolutely right. Look, the Ukrainian government has had its fair share of issues. You know, the Russian government obviously has its fair share of issues. But uh, Putin isn't necessarily just aiming at Ukraine. He's aiming at, you know, the U.S. status as a superpower because he wants to supplant us. So that's kind of what I think a lot of people are, are view, you know, viewing this like. and. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Sure, go ahead. No, 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 no. Um, I remember when the Soviet Union fell. I remember watching Vladimir Putin get toured around Kennebunkport, Maine by a bush. And then he did it again by another bush. I remember how pretty his eyes were by George W. Bush. I hate this idea that there are expendable citizens. And if you were really against all of this, what appears to be chaos, 
Why isn't there a kill order on Vladimir Putin? Can we can we is there a genteel way to arm up the Ukrainians to kill other children, you know, kids, soldiers that are Russian? And that's acceptable. But for us to just come out and say, let's blow up his fracking houses and maybe his kids houses and behead Putin. Is that not something we have the will or is that just a bridge too far? I hate this idea. You can get somebody half pregnant or you can have a, a, a civilized fight. Where I'm from, there's only one right. speed, and that's to survive. I don't understand this genteel war machine that we have. Yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Look, I think, you know, at the end of the day, um, the U.S. government sometimes does take half measures. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that we should, you know, uh, pursue any, any, any particular policy agenda, but I know... For instance, cutting off access, uh, cutting off U.S. imports to Russian oil is something that is so popular right now. You've got Manchin and Nancy Pelosi and every single Republican on board with doing it. They're saying, uh, um, most Republicans and Senator Manchin are saying, you know, ban oil imports from Russia, boost up domestic energy production, you know, let's make American energy powerhouse again. You've got some Republicans like um, a few on the Intel Committee who are saying, you know, let's start looking at farming uh, the opposition in Chechnya, because if you remember, Vladimir Putin fought a nearly decade-long civil war in Chechnya, and he almost lost it to to an extent until he ended up giving up. So there's definitely you know ways that we can make this as potentially punitive yeah. for Vladimir Putin as possible. I just think obviously from what we've seen with the administration is you know you're getting a lot of half measures, and you know say what you want about President Donald Trump, but I think you know he had the resolve and the strength to oftentimes pursue courses that weren't necessarily politically popular, but that really showed the world that America could not be trifled with. Yeah, the uh, the assassination of Qasem Soleimani. Yeah, the, the assassination of uh, Qasem Soleimani in 2020. A lot of Democrats were up in arms over and saying, oh my God, how could he have done this? It was going to lead to a war, but the Iranians didn't do anything. And as a matter of fact, I think it you know led to the impression the president was a wild card. He was not someone to be messed with. Um, so I think, you know, President Biden should obviously take a page out of President uh, Trump's book and look for ways to... Um, a certain American power overseas. Yeah, but that way Halliburton stock doesn't rally the way it's been rallying for three days. <laughs> I mean, you know, you're gonna, I, I'm telling you, Harris, this is always about the money, and you know that. We could flick a switch and drive the price of oil back down to $30 a barrel. We could flick a switch. The Democrats, however, would have to expose how wrong they are about their green energy boondoggle, which they still have their eye on, and now they're going to use this as a greater excuse to promote it. I, uh, I'm looking for a whole new Congress. I'm looking for a whole new White House, and I know I'm not alone. Are they even aware of how aggravated the American people are to their obvious bald-faced corruption? I think, obviously, they are, because as you've noticed in the past two or three months, a lot of Democratic governors, I know the, the Democratic governor of Illinois, kind of finally wised up and said, hey, we're going to drop some of the coronavirus restrictions. And if you noticed, all the governors decided to do that around the same weekend, the polling just started showing this is so incredibly unpopular. So I think they are wisening up to it. I think the problem is the Democratic Party is just so um, controlled by the progressive left and controlled by the climate change activists and controlled by labor unions and other organizations that, you know, they can't really stand up and do something because they're beholden to them. I mean, you see it with energy issues all the time. You know, Biden could be the most pro-energy president uh, in, you know, you know, he'd be, even more pro-energy than President Donald Trump if he decided to flip that switch, as you said, decided to boost domestic energy production, opened up federal lands, opened up the Arctic, 
um, and the Alaska Territory to oil and natural gas drilling. If you decided to cut all regulations and said, hey, countries in, uh, in Europe like Germany, like France, like Spain, who are hurting right now because they've decided to cut out Russian oil, we'll be there for you. We'll export as much as you want. It'd be great for American jobs. It'd be great for the American economy. But Biden can't do that because the AOCs of the world are going to destroy him and he potentially will mm-hmm. lose re-election. So you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, politics is... Um, uh, politics, especially in the Democratic Party, shows just how beholden politicians are to their base and all these radically unpopular policies. And I think some of them understand, hey, this is not the way the American people want to go. But I think, you know, they're just too afraid to say no to their base. Well, Harris, I didn't read the report. I, I went along with you, but I want to make a little butt because, you know, I like to wager with you. I think you're a very smart guy. I didn't <laughs> read the indictment on Mike Madigan, but I've got a saw buck, or as it's known in your your era, $10, that says... Our own toilet destroyer, Pritzker, is mentioned 14 times in the Madigan indictment. You want a piece of that action, kid? Maybe. Maybe. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know enough about it. I do know that... Uh, That's the fun uh, thing about that. You don't have to know anything. trouble a few years ago for trying to get uh, the, uh, the Obama Senate seat under Blagojevich. No, no, no. Only Blagojevich got in trouble. The, the Illinois Democrats hired the other moron on the FBI tapes. They hired the other guy on the <laughs> tape. He's now the governor. You got to love the Illinois Democrat. <laughs> Harris Alec, Washington Times, you know I love you. Thank you for coming on. He uh, control or well, he reports on Congress and energy issues. We're going to have him back right after the fertilizer increase raises our food 70%. Uh, thank you again for joining me. Always a pleasure, Sean. Thank you so much. We'll be back with your calls and comments. AM 560, the answer. Shake down, break down, take down. Everybody wants into the crowd you know, yesterday we talked about, I like to have a little perspective on things. I have felt very strongly about the idea that there are oligarchs in these former Soviet Union nations that are in control of the countries as if they were their own personal companies. I think that's very clear when you talk about Rootin' Tootin' Putin, which is why when the Bushes would parade him around, I said, you're obviously in on the scam. You're obviously in on the scam. When the Ukrainian government has been at war with a faction of their citizens for eight years and 14,000 people have been killed. I remember during the protest to get out the Wayne Newton that was bribing Manafort. It was rumored that the Azov branch of the Ukrainian military was the one that shot the protesters, but that didn't go anywhere. Americans are morons. And they prove it time in and time out. Over the weekend, it was obvious that we were being propagandized. That being said, there are atrocities going on in Ukraine. No doubt there are atrocities going on. There's absolutely no doubt. And it's terrible. It's always terrible when corrupt governments sacrifice citizens, just as it is in Chicago, Illinois. This year alone, we have 415 people dead in Chicago, Illinois. Tragic. Corrupt governments protect the gangbangers. Gangbangers control the streets, drug trade, all kinds of different crimes and scandal. And they have bribed successfully politicians. It's the only answer you can come to, how the governments protect criminals. That's what I think when I think of Ukraine. Sorry, it just is. Because the Ukrainian oligarch that controlled the natural gas company is the one that bribed, bribed Joe Biden via Hunter Biden, the crack connoisseur. Yes, they did. 
and now no one wants to talk about it. And that's bad enough because whenever citizens are slaughtered, it's bad enough. But when you see that they are being helped by a corrupted media, that reminds me of when Blagojevich complains about Chicago Democrats. Now you're just making fun of people. So I wanted to cover something that really you, it's hard to find. I had to go to a YouTube channel and find it on a cable network. And I want you just to hear it so you have just a little perspective. Now when I play this, I am not suggesting that there are not horrors going on perpetrated by useful idiots of both Vladimir Putin and, yes, some other Ukrainian oligarchs. There are. That's always the cost of war. That's this idea that there are citizens that are expendable. It's happened throughout time, throughout history. But when you catch something so obvious, I think it has to have enough attention on it because I was sent a video by a dear friend of mine who wanted to brag about the Ukrainian soldiers that said, go F yourself in a Lori Lightfoot kind of way to the Russian Navy. But did that really happen? Well, there's no doubt. Emotions are running very high in the war between Russia and Ukraine. People are upset, in shock, and disbelief. But one thing that isn't helping at all is the unbelievable amount of fake images and videos being spread, what? not only on social media, but also by legitimate news outlets. I Come even on. made the mistake myself here on Rising on Friday when uh -oh. I stated I was impressed with Zelensky getting into full military gear to fight on the front lines. Turns out that was an image from last April. I fell for it. I apologize. Unfortunately, I'm not alone in falling for it. Bild, a political news outlet in Germany, shared a video of what looked to be a horrific bombing by the Russians in Kiev during one of their broadcasts. But it turns out the footage was from a 2015 chemical explosion in Tianjin, China. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You mean the explosion that we all were inundated with? Wasn't even in Ukraine? Huh, that's suspicious. Newsmax used a photo of a crying older woman standing in front of her devastated home with the caption, well, the current devastation in Ukraine. But the photo was from 2015. Oh. An Italian news broadcast used footage. Wait a minute, 2015? You mean when the Ukrainian government, Asoff Division, was killing other Ukrainians that nobody wants to talk about? You mean then? Oh boy, that must have been aggravating, huh? Too bad that didn't come up on 2015. Too bad we don't want to talk about how America right now, as we speak, is bombing in Syria, Somalia, Libya, Iraq. Not to mention Yemen. We're just doing that through the Saudis. Shh. Don't tell anybody. From the video game War Thunder, when war talking Thunder. about the war in Ukraine, no doubt viewers seeing a rain of missiles were horrified. So I want to go through some of the most egregious examples of the fake news circulating around. But well, I have to that. preface this. Because we are in a Western nation that is supportive of Ukraine in this conflict. Uh -huh. The vast majority of the fake news that we see circulating is anti-Russian. So uh -oh. I'll be debunking a lot of this type of information. However, I have no doubt similar fake news is circulating in Russia and in pro-Russian countries, showing fake news that is disparaging of Ukrainians. We're just not seeing much of it, so I can't debunk it. So keep this in mind before you lash out at me and call me a pro-Putin Russian asset at the end of this segment. No, no, no. See, they can't do that. Because that's what they tried to do to me. And I'm the one that said, cut his throat. I didn't like when the Bushes brought him here. Cut his throat. Like right now, you're going to let all the people die, all the soldiers who are just following orders, and you're going to let the other ones die, the Ukrainians. But nobody wants to blow up the oligarchs. I want to blow up all their houses. 
But I remember what Yuri Bezmenov warned me of. Ideological subversion is, is the slow process which we call either ideological subversion or active measures, activne meropriyatia in the language of, of the KGB, or psychological warfare. What it basically means is to change the perception of reality of ah. every American to such an extent that despite of the abundance of information, no one is able to come to sensible conclusions in the interest of defending themselves, their families, their community, and their country. Huh. It's a great brainwashing uh, process which goes very slow and it's divided in, in four basic stages. It's called the lie to you through the media, through misinformation, then enrich the money bundlers, the industrial complexes. So let's start with what I think is the most astonishing example of fake news circulating. It was being reported that 13 heroic soldiers on Snake Island were confronted by a, a Russian warship. The audio recording shows the Russians telling the Ukrainians to lay down their arms to avoid bloodshed and unjustified deaths. The Ukrainians are infamously heard saying, Russian warship, go F yourself. It was then reported they fought valiantly until they were all killed by the Russians. That's President Zelensky even announced he would posthumously award the men medals of valor. Sure. Well, it turns out whomever claimed they had died was mistaken. Instead, the Ukraine... Uh, I'm not dead. I don't know. I'm not dead. Instead, I'm full. Ukrainian border guard disputed whether anyone was killed. And shortly after, video footage emerged of the Russians giving food and water to the 82 men, Ooh, not horse. 13, from Snake Island who were then being transferred to Crimea. Some of the soldiers have now given interviews saying if the Russians wanted to bury him, they would have, and now they instead will go home to their families. Another shocking video... Well, that, that explains why America doesn't want to kick him off the Security Council. Well, that must be a lie, though. video was of a tank swerving in the street oh, and that. running over a civilian car. I saw that. Totally see that? shocking video, jaw-dropping. But thank goodness the person actually survived this crushing experience. Media was reporting this as a Russian tank and using it to show the callousness of the Russians and their yeah, invasion. Terrible people. But it turns out this was actually a Ukrainian tank that had lost what? control and accidentally ran over that vehicle. And I'm sure everyone involved was relieved that person Oof. was okay. Russian tanks are marked with white Zs, by the way, for future reference when you're looking at any video. Now, many of you saw the heart-wrenching video of the father saying a very tearful goodbye to his wife and daughter as he goes off to battle. I this was that. being reported as a Ukrainian man sending Brave. his family to safety while he yeah. fights against the Russians. Uh -huh. well, the man is Ukrainian, sort oh. of, I suppose. He's one of the rebels in the Donetsk People's Republic. He was sending oh. his family to Russia for safety while he stayed behind to fight Ukrainian forces. <gasps> oh, boy. That doesn't fit the narrative. The original video was posted by the mayor of his town several days before the Russians invaded Ukraine. And, of course, I can't leave out the ghost of Kiev. There's footage of a fighter yeah, pilot ghost, downing sure. several Russian jets. Like the, the video, of course, went viral with millions of views. Millions. The claims are this pilot took down six Russian jets in one day. Six. But now, by the way, that number's jumped up to 10 Russian jets Even being taken better. down. Now, a fighter pilot who takes down five planes throughout the course of their entire career is That's called an ace. An ace. So oh, to have six in one day even 10 in one week Red is Baron. incredible. It's actually unbelievable, in fact. Unbelievable. And it turns out the footage is from a video game oh. called Digital Combat Simulator. But even with this video being debunked, oh. the former Ukrainian president, Poroshenko, is tweeting that it's real and even shared a masked photo of the pilot. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's a lot of wild claims going around of who the pilot is. Pilots, there's a lot of uh, talk that maybe the pilot is a, a woman.
And of course, it turns out that that old photo, that photo there is actually an old photo that's recirculated. So it's still <gasps> unlikely the ghost of Kiev is real. But oh, a lot of people. Oh, boy. But it does make sense. Uh, the first one being demoralization. It takes from 15 to 20 years to demoralize. Psychological subversion. I'm a pessimist. I'm a, mine must be a Russian asset, even though I said cut his head off. Maybe it's just that they're stupid. How's your Halliburton stock doing, Cheney? Good? I say it is. Kira Elgin. Sean, as a Russian again, thank you for just showing different sides, different theories, because I'm getting a lot of Russian stuff coming in. I listen to a service every single night from the Ukraine. The church services are still going on. It's they're so fearful that they're going to be bombed. Why are they still serving church services? I watched and by the way, Kira, night. I'm also doing it not just for the Russian people, who are always the victims, the good people. I'm doing right. it for the Ukrainian people, who, before this conflict, were fighting the Ukrainian corruption. As the reporters were disappearing, as the TV stations were taken down, those were Ukrainian people arguing against the Ukrainian corruption. And now they're just morphed in. And let's give the government $10 billion. And it all gets swept into the Trojan horse of corruption. Yes. And you know what? This may be his last shot to try again. They're saying, again, this is the Russians. The old school Russians are saying Putin thinks he's Trump. He's going to clean up the, uh, the corruptness of what America is doing and then what Ukraine is doing. And this is his last shot because... If Trump were to get back into office, of course, he'd have no chance to do this. So do it now or never. Yeah, thank you, Kira, very much. There's an old rule when you find yourself in a tent full of gypsies. Don't suggest you play cards. 312-642-5600. We'll be back. AM560, the answer. There's all kinds of uh, scandal, by the way, on a little island called Cyprus. Oh, it's a banking scum island. It's kind of like the Delaware of the Ukrainian and Russian and all the oligarchs. They all use the same banks. By the way, after the collapse in 2009, guess who went there from America? Wilbur Ross. He had no interest in that at all. No, no, no. I had the clip. I erased it accidentally, Bunny. See if we could re-effort to put that up. But um, they don't want to target any of the money, per se, of uh, the Ukrainian oligarchs. Only the Russians. The one on Cyprus, uh, the banking... See, I, I don't like corruption perpetrated by anybody. Chicago Democrat yard gnomes pretend well-endowed female mayors. I don't like it from anybody. Russians, Ukrainians. I don't like when poor people are used as pawns and they're, it's acceptable to be murdered while all the rest suffer. Teresa, Gold Coast. Hi, Sean. Hi. It would be great to blow up Putin's um, mansions, multiple mansions, but until he himself gets blown to smithereens, he'll just build more mansions. Uh, we yeah, need to pull right. up President Trump. It's all right. You know, and... and Hit the car. And, yeah, and like Soleimani. Yeah, like Soleimani, and just blow this moron to pieces. And I would love it if he was meeting in a back alley with the Ukrainian Ihor Kolomoisky who's equally as corrupt, yep. equally as scum, equally as fraud. Mm -hmm. I just hate the idea that we're be being shown video games to rile our emotions so we don't look at a country so corrupted 
that it put yep. a drug addict son of a vice president on the national natural gas company. See, I'm exactly. not running, I'm not running into that screaming. Oh, they're the good guy. I think, therefore, I am. Thank you, Teresa. Stan in St. Charles. Stan. Yes, I'm here. Okay. Hello. I told uh, you. Yeah, go ahead. Well, we've talked before, Sean. All right. But I have three points. Zelensky for Nobel Peace Prize. Even Why? bad people can do good things. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Go vote for Lori Lightfoot. Even bad people can do good things. You mean like uh, put the video out of you dressed on the front lines of the military in 2015 when the biggest atrocity was innocent poor people being bombed by a government? Now he gets a Nobel Peace Prize? See, that's the kind of stupidity that you almost have to be in awe of. Something tells me he voted for a Democrat in his life. I could be wrong, but that's how I view it. Mary Bridgeport. Yes, Sean, I only have one statement or question. Why am I thinking of the movie Wag the Dog? Because you're brilliant. It just what do you think of that? It resonates. I'm 82. I've lived long enough to know that movie. And you're from Bridgeport. So you remember yeah. when gangsters were actually men and not women wearing men's clothing, well, which is nice. There. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Did you ever marry in all of your years think you'd hear a woman dressed in a man's costume talk about how well endowed she is did you ever think no. you'd hear that no not catholic school girl no oh boy well listen Never. mary that's why we love the older people because at least you knew right and wrong thank you so much i appreciate it see mary in bridgeport something tells me she's not a democrat something tells me she understands the difference between right and wrong something tells me she doesn't believe when news covers up for oligarchs corrupt democrat mafia members in this country and in eastern europe we'll be back after this from the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a top of me. So the government cannot operate, even though it has record revenues, cannot operate without borrowing money every single month. In the dark of night during the Christmas break, they quietly passed a $2.5 trillion debt ceiling increase that they hope nobody would learn about. We've got a Keynesian soiree where the only real jobs that are created are government subsidized. Our next guest wrote an article in American Thinker. His name is Louis Dovland, the economic balloon that may finally end progressive leftism, which is also known as regressive fascism. I wanted to bring him on to discuss. Thank you so much for coming on, Lewis. How are you? Good evening, Sean. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I recently discovered you. I live down south, so I don't get up to Chicago a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> but i got to say, you're a real troublemaker, so yes. I like that in the guy. Thank you very much, Lewis. In fact, we've got lines blowing up because I said that Ukraine was corrupt and the oligarch run. You should see. Everyone's all mad at me because oh, we have to yeah. pick our favorite crook. And isn't that what we do in politics? We pick our favorite crook. The Republican Absolutely. Keynesian soiree is slightly different than the Democrats. I think the Democrats have perfected the corruption a little better. But the people's tolerance for the lie, 
which is our economy, the American dollar, is almost um, insatiable. They can't get enough of it rather than thinking about things. And you are exactly correct. Isn't this all just one giant soiree of monetized debt and corrupt currency manipulation? Oh, that's, that's just touches the beginning of it. You know, everybody thinks that the Democrats and Republicans up in Congress all go to battle and punch each other all day long and get mad and go storming out. They go out for a beer after. They're all on the, they're all on the same side of this thing. It's, uh, I mean, there's a, there's a handful of good people that are starting to push back or got into Congress, but the, the old rhinos and things, man, they're just as bad as the Demo, Democrats. You know, um, and so, yeah, that's where we're going. I, I remember when the, Barry Goldwater years were launched. I read about it. It's a little before I was born, but I was lucky. I was raised by people who never talked to me like an idiot or a child or a Democrat. <laughs> um, and I remember when people were upset that the country had an outrageous debt of $8 billion. It started a conservative movement that ultimately led to Ronald Reagan. Yep. Why is it that so many Republicans think that the best thing we could do is this monetized debt and now are literally chanting for increased interest-only payments to people we don't even know who are getting the money. Are there just economic illiterates throughout the country? Well, what's really happening, and my, I'm not going to talk about my book right here because it's not ready, but I want to talk about the topic of it as it ties to this article today. And that is what I call the big picture. And you have to understand the big picture. And we as Americans are being subsumed into looking at the little bitty parts. You know, you see, you're, you're, you're told to look at this guy walking down the street or look at this steering wheel and that's a car, but you don't realize that there's a whole interstate full of cars because you don't see the big picture. And, and let me just say what that is real quick for, for your listeners. Big picture is where do, where do policies take you in the end? And they're on purpose. And there's only two big pictures that count today. One is the Marxist socialist progressive movement that will end up in authoritarianism and eventually totalitarianism with the elite running things and the other 95% of us being serfs. The other side of that, and by the way, in the smallest unit in that deal is the group, not the individual. The other big picture option is the one that's designed for the U.S. by our Constitution, which is a constitutional republic with freedoms, with a capitalist and free market, open to anybody who wants to strive. But the lowest denominator is the individual, and yet this particular way of running things actually allows for us taking care of those who can't. We don't have people starving in the streets and freezing, even if they're poor, whereas the socialistic side makes everybody poor. So uh, this way is a federated setup, bottom-up, voters run things, states are the power, that's what we got to go back to. The other, the first big picture is top down, collect it all in, in uh, D.C. and run things from there. As we see with them trying to take over voting now, it's just they're so opposite. You cannot have a constitutional republic with a little bit of socialism, and you can't have an authoritarian state with a small bit of free speech. They just it's like oil and water. I mean, I, I, this is going to sound rhetorical, but it's not. I remember watching in the 70s, the late, you know, the early 70s throughout the 80s. There was an inquisitive media that was skeptical of information. Granted in Chicago, Illinois, that's, you know, that's a sewer. It's not the same. But in the rest of the in the rest of the world, 
there were national media investigative reporters that were interested in exposing the lies told by both parties. How in the world, and I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious, how in the world can you get to this place? Is it because the kids are now reporters? I mean, when you see these kids, they look like babysitters. They're children. Is it well, because right, of economic right. illiteracy? But the idea that we're in a country right now that pretends to be financially sound, that cannot exist a month without borrowing more, isn't that the definition of bankruptcy? Absolutely. And to answer your question, uh, the press has done a terrible job. They are squandering one of their basic rights, that's freedom of the press, as well as speech. But they've got the right to hold politicians' feet to the fire. And in the old days, like you said, they'd chase any story no matter who the politician was. Today, that's different. And there's a reason for that. It's, the, it's, it's what, when Khrushchev was asked way back in the 50s, I think it was, you know, are you going to take over the United States or whatever? And he goes, no, you're going to take, you're going to take yourselves over from inside. And what happened was, and by the way, I was alive back then, but not that conscious because I was young. Uh-huh. But um, he, uh, what happened was we had the, the, if you look at the Frankfurt School, all the usual suspects, and Marcuse and those guys, their plan was we can attack America right head on and we'll lose. But we can also go in and appeal to the egos of the self-styled intellectuals and elites, butter them up, tell them how smart they are and how superior they are. Well, who's that? That's college professors. At least, yeah. at least soft, soft uh, uh, t- types of uh, courses. There was like, you know, chemistry, engineering, support. you got to go by math and science. And, you know, so those guys are pretty straightforward. But the soft scientists, you know, humanities and all that, well, guess what? Those professors teaching that, in my opinion, they're not capable of stocking shelves at Walmart. And this is not to denigrate people that work at Walmart because they're working. Yeah. But they, 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 they could not support themselves at all, much less in the high standards they used to live in. So what do they do? They teach the kids coming through the same hogwash because what they're doing is self-preservation. If the kids that came out of college ever woke up and said, the heck with that, these guys would be on the street. So fact, that's one side of it. In fact, you're, 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 the first sentence in your article, the laws of economics are immutable. This, the, the American people have been sold this idea that you can compromise with a fact, and they've been sold this idea that there is some sort of middle ground between right and wrong. The laws of economics are very clear. And there is no compromise. There is only the breaking of. Can the dollar regain any credibility? Or am I just to hope for aliens in their new alien currency? You know, I tell you, I think we're on the brink. Uh, It's getting really dangerous. China could could take over as the dominant currency of the world if they really drove it home hard. Uh, If we ever get displaced as the currency of the world with the dollar, our economy is gone. We're Venezuela. People don't realize that. Yeah. And so, so, but it's not too late. What you got to do is get somebody in power, and it's got to be, you know, poor old Trump. And I say poor Trump, he's not, he's not a poor man at all, you know, mentally. But he got caught up in this deep state, and it, it exists. You had the whole government against him, and, and he couldn't, and he got a lot done. But if you had somebody to come in there and had a Congress with them that would start reversing spending, Start shutting down these uh, 
um, administrative state organizations where their regulations become law without being voted on by Congress and all this stuff, return the power to the states as it's in the Constitution and start cutting. I mean, if I became president tomorrow, Mike, I would say one year from now, Washington, D.C. is going to be is going to be cut by 25%. 25% of the jobs and people are gone. We're going yeah. to start there. And Clean has house. it ever been cut? And I'm dead serious about no. this. You mean, no, I mean, Trump, Trump redirected and he reorganized. And he uh, his foreign policy was the one thing that I liked about him. I mean, tremendously. Yeah. I liked some other things. He pulled out a lot of regulations. He did great things. But in the actual shrinking of money and government, has it ever been cut? No, in fact, they play, look at the game they play. Hey, this year's budget for a department is $100 million, $100 million, let's say. And next year they proposed it to be $120 million. And, and somebody comes on with a pen and says, no, we're only going to do $110 million, and they call that a cut. That, that's <laughs> the game they play. So I mean, it, it's all semantics. You know, I, and I, I, like you started out, and you know, you're, you're an American. You're proud. You, you believe in it, and we're optimistic. But ultimately, as you go through the history, the actual history, not the propaganda history, it cannot be allowed to be cut because of the systemic corruption with these yeah. current politicians and with this political scheme, which is based on the model of pay to play. Step one, if we're going to do anything, and you know, I, I'm looking at your your history. You're in transportation, you're in um, healthcare, and uh, what you're, you, what was the other one that you're in? Uh, communications. communications, communications. Yeah. So as you look at these things, just those three things, the pay-to-play system that bastardizes the economy and corrupts bills and policies, until restraint is put on politicians and their ability to legally be kicked back and become multi-multi-millionaires, as you look at Nancy Pelosi, the, the most successful trader yeah. in stock history. Until yeah. we stop tolerating that, can it ever be fixed? Well, let's put it this way. The answer right now is no, because the very obvious example, without picking politics here, is we have direct proof that Hunter Biden was getting payments from Verizon for not knowing the first thing about what he was doing. Joe Biden actually admitted on tape that he held up a some trillion dollar or whatever it was, billion, billion dollar, billion dollar uh, payment, payment to Ukraine until he fired somebody. And it's on tape. I mean, that's that's prosecutable. And yet, no, we're not doing anything about it. It doesn't seem to matter. So, and I'll tell you this, I think, not to get too far in Ukraine here, I the feeling I've had in the last three weeks is we were egging Russia on to attack. There was nobody in this country that was saying, let's figure out how to stop this. Let's don't let him invade. Let's talk to him. No, they sat in the back and they started throwing eggs at him. And so what do you do? He, 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 he uh, invaded. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not us. It's, you know, it's, it's our sons and daughters are going to go over and get killed because of these guys. It's not and, the senator's and, uh, son, just like that song in the 60s. I went, long, I went long with you. Louis yeah. Dovland. Is that how you say it? Dovland? Dovland, yeah. Dovland? I want to thank you so much for your article. I'm looking forward to your book. Do you want to give me the name, or are you holding it quiet of the book? Well, the, the, work, the working title that may change is Rules for Normals. <coughs> Excuse me. No problem. R Rules for Normals. Oh. Patterned on Saul Lindsay's book, Rules for Radicals. Oh, I like that. I like that very it's much. The, 
with a <laughs> subtitle inspired by Sean Thompson. Does that have any chance of getting on there? Hey, very, hey I've already got it tuned in. You're ready to roll. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to the book. Louis Dovlin, thank you it's so a, much. It was an honor to be on. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. AM560, The Answer. Oh, I love this song. Much better era. We had a bunch of people that were mad at me, but they all hung up. There's a notion that I think people are, are comfortable with picking the lesser of two evils. I always hated that expression because what you have left is evil. You cannot compromise with the wrong answer. It's very simple. You compromise with someone you love. That's how you compromise with family members. All right, we'll compromise. You do not compromise with principles. You just give them up. You just forfeit them to a comfortable level you like. You either have them or you do not. It's simple. Oh, everything's gray. Yes, between you and people you're related to or people you're having sex with. Then there's gray. Political whores and pimps who are bastardizing principles of Americanism, there's no compromise. You just give it up or you don't. Now, you could be comfortable with a lie you like, and I get that. People are comfortable with a lie you like, like the Chicago Democrat Party or the Democrat Party in general or 80% of the Republicans' party. You're comfortable with that lie. You like the illusion. But in the meantime, we're talking some serious money, some real serious money. And now these chickens are home to roost. Reverend, uh, what was his name? The Barack Obama reverend? can't remember his name. Whatever. Fake reverend. The real Reverend Wright. There it is. Reverend Wright. The reality is you have a decision to make now. Are you going to put the restraints on the corruption or are you going to pretend they're helping you and you want in on it? We live in the greatest city, the greatest example for that. And I say you reject it all and put the restraints on these political pimps and whores. That's my suggestion. Valerie in Chicago. Oh, hello, dear. Hi. Hi. How are you? Wonderful. Did anyone tell you you sound like Mrs. Doubtfire? Do I really? And I love that. Wow. I mean, don't get wrong. I love Mrs. Oh. Doubtfire. And right. if you compare well, Mrs. Doubtfire to those thing, Democrats that were in the chamber of the, of the State of the Union. You know what? Let me tell you something right now. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, but I do am praying that John Ketanezara, he was the um, Ketanzaro? FOP. John Ketanzaro. Yeah. yeah, that's him. Yeah. Yes. Big guy. He's got a, he's got a haircut like a... Mayor. He's got a haircut like we're watching right now in East Europe. what his haircut looks yeah. like. Yeah, I got it. He is a man, and he is a wonderful man. I agree. Because I totally believe that, no, it's your right. And when he called Beetlejuice a dictator, uh-huh. I was happy. I was like, yeah, no, you can't be doing this. So I just have to put him out there. Hopefully he'll run. Oh, please get rid of Beetlejuice, please. I love it. Valerie in Chicago votes for Catanzaro. Mark in Oak Lawn. Hey, how you doing, Sean? How are you? Very good. How are you? Boy, I tell you, I, I, just listening to that uh, uh, 
indictment yesterday with uh, uh, the guy from Chicago. Boy, that had a, hopefully something will happen. You know, with uh, that, I uh, was listening to uh, uh, the story about uh, on Cross Show that some guy was in Palermo's and and uh, he spilled something on uh, his wife's mink oh, yeah. and. Uh, Oh, he, he got all bent out of shape about it. Well, and, Mark, does, uh, but it you matter, know, does it matter when you're 80 years old, when you've built castles? It really does. You know, though, he, when worth $100 yeah, million, I mean, yeah. aren't you just celebrating the corruption that you were willing to tolerate? Yeah, Chicago's the worst. But I was going to ask you, though, you know, with, with uh, I saw something with uh, Bush and Obama call, calling uh, Putin a bully, you know, and, and, uh, <laughs> and I thought to myself, these two clowns, you know, they started Iraq, they started Libya, Syria, Benghazi, wars after war, you know, yeah. and I heard you mention about Halliburton, you know, $26 million being made off of Cheney, and uh, there's there's a political maneuver right there, start a war, make $26 million, you know. And in the meantime, and, you uh, get to hide all of the corruption that's been destroying the country, destroying the cities. And that you've been bribed to do. I mean, these follow the money. It's always the money, Mark. Thank you so much for the call. Mike on the south side. Hey, I told your call screener. You know, I, I called in last week, but I said, uh, thanks, Sean, for watching the State of the Union address for me because there's no way I could have sat through it. <laughs> I had to sit through it. And uh, it was really something. I, I have to tell you, the way, I mean, I don't know how it sounded because it was Dan and I. Um, that we're watching it. I understand there was some sort of delay, but I had a good time. And it's obvious as you watch this that the greatest problem in our country was in one room. There's no question about it. We have, if not the most open and notorious corrupt leading the country, the most clearly incompetent. I mean, these are clearly incompetent people from the positions that they want to control the economy to their philosophy on foreign affairs. We're lucky we're only, we only have the problems we have because we make Venezuelan fascists, Marxists, and communists look like Socrates in my neighborhood or Socrates if you went to college. <laughs> it's preposterous, Mike, and uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. But we are going to start billing the station for overtime. Thank you very much. 312-642-5600. I'll take the rest of you when I get back. AM560, The Answer. How dare you make me think? I don't like those kind of people. I like people that think. I think, therefore, I am. It's a saying I have with a friend of mine who I find to be uh, annoying and aggravating, but he does make me think, and we argue back and forth, and ultimately we come to the right conclusion because there's either a right or a wrong. Most people want to feel good about wrong. I don't. I like to be right. Monty Elmhurst. Hey, Sean, I appreciate you taking my call, and I love when I can tune in. So I stopped by your shop tonight, grabbed a couple cigars, because I have a phenomenal weekend ahead of me. I'm headed down to see my son, who's a sophomore at Miami University in Ohio, for Dad's weekend. And I thought, you know what? i got to call Sean and tell him about a recent feel-good story. So State of the Union is on. My wife and I are sitting in our home in Elmhurst. We're watching it. And I'm doing everything I can to not talk to the TV. My <laughs> freshman daughter, who I had had challenges with in the past, talking to her about indoctrination. And I just, I just really wanted her to let me know 
if she was feeling the pressure to apologize for being white. And so, um, I mean, it was a drag out about a year ago with her. And I thought, man, I have not been a good parent. Like my, my older three kids are fairly conservative and I, I just, I, I've let her fall into the hands of the education system. So I, you know, I just stayed close to her. So my wife and I are sitting there watching the state of the union. She walks into the room and Biden's talking about how to combat inflation, you know, just cut your costs. Like, ah, oh, that's, that's brilliant. I wish we would have thought of that. Yeah. So she starts talking to the TV as if it was me. And she says, doesn't he know he caused this by spending money we don't have? And I didn't say a word. I just said, yes. Come on, your every cell back. in your body jumped up. Are you kidding? Oh, my gosh. Listen, I, did the, I, never, I never really browbeat my kids. And I sent them to, in the area that I raised them in, the best private schools I could afford. And it's, it's funny, they were Catholic schools. And they were all teaching them socialism and this bended knee American, the new American way, this woke nonsense. And it turned yeah. out I got lucky. They both rejected it because they saw it as a failure. But it is touch and go. And as a father, it's the worst thing you could go through. So, Monty, I wish I would have known that before you went to the store. I would have made sure you got the insider <laughs> discount and then raised the price on somebody else. Thank you so much, Monty. Awesome. I appreciate it. Cause I hey, Sean, keep doing it. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Robert in Bloomingdale. Hey, Sean. How are you today? Good, brother. How are you? Good. Hey, Monty, have fun in Ohio State. That's a fine school. Yeah. Hey, Sean, I have an interesting question. My wife and I are talking about over dinner tonight listening to you. What is cryptocurrency? How does it work, and how is Putin using this to his advantage? What do you think? Well, I think that cryptocurrency is the biggest threat to the corrupted, fraudulent American dollar, and it's why the government has to go after it and try to destroy it. Because there are people all around the world that have decided that rather than tolerate the currency manipulation of governments, they decided to come up with another form of currency. So it is a cyber currency, which is fractional, so it can be broken off into many different pieces. And they, the, the market itself has decided that it takes $40,000 to buy one of them. And if you go for currencies around the world, that there's a breakdown. Now, that is an organic currency that only people who choose to use it partake in. And it is the greatest threat to the U.S. dollar scam that the American political whore and pimp has destroyed the faith and credit of the dollar. So what they're going to do now is link it to everything bad in society. My favorite part was when they said the, the, that cryptocurrency is used to buy drugs and illegal things. Oh, you mean like the dollar right now in Chicago that's buying heroin? They never want you to have that perspective. I like to always examine that perspective. The reason it is now being linked to Putin is because they want the American people to do exactly what they're doing and just support their fascism and their corruption as they try to destroy, um, in this case, Bitcoin. But there are a few others, and they all have their own benefits. Now, what the, the, the real beauty of Bitcoin is that it is anonymous. The guy who created it is a mystery. They only created X amount. It can never be expanded, which is why you see the ebb and flow in pricing. Up until it drew the attention of the corrupt Federal Reserve, it was a wonderful hedge against inflation. I have not believed it to be that for a few months because it has the attention of the most corrupt 
currency manipulators in the world, and that's called the Federal Reserve. So I don't think it has as bright of a future as I used to. Thank you very much, Robert. I hope that... Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Dave in Libertyville. Hey, Sean. Yes, Dave. Oh, you just cut out there. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I miss you on the weekends. You need to work seven days a week. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Dave. I appreciate that. I would do it, too. I would do it. If they gave me an hour, I'd, I'll come in and do it. But we're renegotiating no, because I'm a capitalist. Go ahead. You need another hour. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Uh, my question is, or I heard Nancy Pelosi on the uh, news, Fox News on your station, and she said that Putin was diabolical. Uh-huh. Now, didn't Trump say that after he said Putin was smart and diabolical, but the media never played the diabolical? I'll tell you what, Dave, I actually think I have the clip. Let's hear it together. Yesterday, reporters asked me if I thought President Putin was smart. I said, of course he's smart, to which I was greeted with, oh, that's such a terrible thing to say. I'd like to tell the truth. Yes, he's smart. The NATO nations, and indeed the world, as he looks over what's happening strategically with no repercussions or threats whatsoever, they're not so smart. They're looking the opposite of smart. If you take over Ukraine, we're going to sanction you, they say. Sanction? Well, that's a pretty weak statement. Putin is saying, oh, they're going to sanction me. They sanctioned me for the last 25 years. You mean I can take over a whole country and they're going to sanction me? You mean they're not going to blow us to pieces, at least psychologically? The problem is not that Putin is smart, which, of course, he's smart, but the real problem is that our leaders are dumb. Now, that's the clip I have. If he goes on to say he's diabolical, I don't know. But he he intimated that he was diabolical. What he described was a diabolical conclusion that one could come to by a corrupt, feckless American political pimp and whore system. So he may have not said it, but he described it. But who's really diabolical is Nancy Pelosi's political scheme and her mafia party yeah. who's diabolical is her husband of which is we can't look into how they've amassed hundreds of millions of dollars so what she's relying on is the stupidity of her constituents or the corruption of them and in either case the most diabolical person in that whole story as far as i'm concerned is the 80 year old drunk who is the speaker of the house thank you dave appreciate the call very thank you much. Uh, if you're on the line, Anthony, hang on. You're going to go first. 312-642-5600. I'll take the rest of your calls when I get back. I want to play a little Pete Buttigieg. He's not telling you how to get Merlot out of your cashmere sweater, though. He's going to tell you how you're never going to get your oil for much cheaper than $100 a barrel while there's a Democrat moron in office. AM560, The Answer. Yeah, you're going to tell me... Glory Lightfoot's got a bigger Schwansteiger than the Sopranos. I don't think so. Well, my blank is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest blank in Chicago. You got to love it. Putin's the gangster, though. Putin's the bad guy. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. We should just uh, really focus on our own gangsters. Anthony McHenry. Oh, uh, Sean, I want to say uh, during these lefties and these hard times, you are a blessing, and uh, the, the effort you put into your show, you're, uh, 
I don't know what we do without you. Um, oh, Anthony, you know, I got a lot of guys that called me and were all mad. They they thought I was intimating that all of the violence was fake when I played the obvious fake clip. So, you know, I appreciated that. I needed that today because I got a lot of hate today. But that's all right. I love the hate. I have to tell you, I almost like it as much as the compliments, but I do like yours. Thank you very much. Well, I wanted to say that, uh, you know, your, your average mafia guy or somebody goes to jail that's in a family, nobody else keeps their mouth shut. You know why? Because they eventually, they don't want to destroy the system. They, they want to eventually live out with their earnings, their money, whatever. But these yeah. Democrats, what is the end game? They want to destroy the country. I mean, there's no end to what they will do. And it's like they never think, you know, how much destruction they are actually creating. And that's what sickens me. Because yeah. here we are, you know, we're working, you know, and paying these guys, paying taxes for them for this folly that they that they perpetrate. And it really irritates me. You know I that. couldn't agree more with you, Anthony. Thank you very much for the call. Sorry about the bad connection. And it reminds me on a day when most Cook County residents were shaken down and extorted by the Democrat mafia. They had to pay their taxes the other day. And then the indictment comes down and everyone, some people are thinking, oh, this is a bright spot. Is it a bright spot? In the indictment, is Tony Resco's son mentioned? Because Tony Resco was all in that mafia. In fact, his son, he gets out of prison. His son, who's a 20-year-old, 20-something-year-old nothing, gets a $13 million property by Cabrini Green. That's not mafia. The mafia is thriving. Mafia is not being taken down. Mike Madigan's son, is he mentioned in the indictment? He's a lobbyist. Ooh, a lobbyist? How did he become a lobbyist? How did he become a lobbyist? I wonder... Is Lori Lightfoot's bigger than Mike Madigan's? Quote, my blank is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest blank in Chicago. I guess it is bigger than Mike Madigan's, though, huh? Must be. Must be bigger than Mike Madigan's. But I'll tell you, it's successful on every level. And it brings me to Nancy Pelosi, because I'm pretty sure she's been drunk enough to stand at a urinal. I still don't think it's as big as, as, as Lori Lightfoot's, though. I, I, I really don't. Yes, sir. On the last question, on the State of the Union, um, we did see numerous outbursts from Representatives Boebert and Green during Mm -hmm. President Biden's speech. Um, As I'm sure you probably remember, when Congressman Joe Wilson yelled, you lie, at President Obama in 2009, the House actually passed a a resolution of disapproval on that. Mm -hmm. Um, We haven't heard any talk of that now, but I'm wondering just what is your reaction to those outbursts? Let me just say this. I agree with what Senator Lindsey Graham said. Shut up. That's what he said to them. I think they should just shut up. Thank you all very much. Yeah, the national Democrats are much better than the local ones. The whole damn Democrat party is just an organized crime mafia. And they're going to be protected. They're going to be protected from the establishment Republicans. They absolutely are which is how you can explain the William Barr clip as he talks to Lester Holt. In his first television interview, an exclusive interview, he sat down uh, with, excuse me, since stepping down as head of the Justice Department, Barr tells NBC News nightly news anchor Lester Holt what happened when he submitted his resignation. And I told him that all this stuff was bull****** and uh, about election fraud. And, uh, you know, it was wrong to be shoveling it out the way his team was. And he started asking me about different theories, and I had the answers. I was able to tell him this is wrong because of this. William Barr was part of the Bush regime. You think William Barr had 
Halliburton stock, among with other corrupt oligarchs in America. These are oligarchs protecting oligarchs, picking winners and losers, hoping the American people don't see the real problem in this country is the American oligarchs. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.